The Koi Gig Pod has made a new signing. Your goalkeeping coach is your god. Emma Byrne is joining Kathleen and Karen this season. Keep up to date with all the WSL action every Tuesday and subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Nathan, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, lads. Uh, you're picking a 3-5-2 for us. Are you picking the team you think is going to play? Or are you picking, I am God, I am Nathan Murphy, this is my team, beat that Scotland? <laughs> I think it's a bit of both. I think myself and Stephen Kenny are on the same wavelength. When oh, simpatico. Football men, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Um, I think it's actually a relatively straightforward team if everybody stays fit over the course of this week. With maybe one decision to be made at the back, but aside from that, uh, if Stephen Kenny looks at the last two performances, it seems quite straightforward. It does feel as though the defeat against Ukraine was maybe a line in the sand for certain players. Jeff Hendrick dropped out of the team. Chidos Yogbeni dropped out of the team. Callum Robinson dropped out of the team. And they now need to find a way somehow back into the team. And they may well be reliant on other players picking up injuries. So it obviously moves quite quickly because if you think back to this time last year, Callum Robinson was the man for the yeah. future. Andre Omavamadele was the man for the future. Uh, Omavamadele ruled out means it'll be a year since he's even been in the squad, which is a huge setback uh, for him and for Ireland at this stage of his career. But other young players have come in and taken their opportunities. So... These are two big games. I know I come on every Nations League campaign on the Tuesday, Wednesday, ahead of the matches. And I was like, who gives a damn about these things? Well, let's just briefly talk about that because really we shouldn't care too much about this. The Euros and the qualifiers are coming down the tracks. We're going to desperately hope that the group of players who field who we field in most of those games are ready for that and that's essentially what this campaign should be about although I understand that there is a backdoor into the, the tournament and so therefore you know we shouldn't write it off however that all changed when Stephen Kenny said I think we can win the group and that brought extra pressure and extra scrutiny and so therefore like the games do matter in a way that maybe they shouldn't uh, yeah, and he said that when he was in a position of weakness, I would say, and he was looking to sort his new contract and uh, was under pressure and was obviously developing a lot of players and realised that they weren't going to be successful in the World Cup qualification and sort of just tried to push everything down the track. Now, Ireland aren't going to win this group. Even if they win the two games, it's highly unlikely they end up winning this group. Uh, Ukraine have seven points. They've played three matches. They go and beat Armenia or they beat Scotland tomorrow night. They'll end up topping this group. There is still a possibility that Ireland could become second seeds for the draw for the Euros. So that draw takes place in a couple of weeks' time in Germany. Ireland, as it stands, are third seeds. We know two teams qualify automatically, and then you are into the playoff system where, in all likelihood, as you say, Ireland will have that back door again from the Nations League, regardless of what happens, uh, which we had last time and didn't take advantage of with the game against Slovakia. But... There is a possibility if Ireland win the two games, they could just sneak in as second seeds. At the moment, France and England are among the second seeds. So you do not want to be in a scenario where you're, you, know, you, could, get, you could get Spain and England uh, in your group. Glamour ties, full houses at the Aviva Stadium, but realistically, not much chance of finishing in the top two. 3-0. <laughs> yeah. you've, you've, you've got another year of learning and waiting for one game in a playoff. So there is an importance to these two matches and I think more than anything it's just to keep the momentum building because every time Stephen Kenny and this group have taken a step forward the step back has been too big the setback has been too great that it's felt like it's undermined everything. So if you write off even the Nations League campaign at the start, which I think we should because of all the messing that was going on with COVID, you know, does the performance in Portugal 
minutes away from this historic result. You think that's it. This is the real beginning of the Kenny era. And then they go and they draw with Azerbaijan, even Serbia. You know, they lose to Luxembourg straight afterwards. Luxembourg. There's, 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 there's six months. There's six months of, of building again. You know, Portugal come to town, does a good result. Callum Robinson starts to score a few goals. There's the great draw against Belgium in front of a big crowd at the Aviva. And again, it's all set up nicely for the summer Nations League campaign where you feel he has this group. Everybody's into double figures in terms of caps. And then you lose over in Armenia. They lose at Ukraine. And it's this massive setback. And these things do turn quickly. Remember, we were going into that home game against Scotland thinking if Ireland don't get something out of this, regardless of his contract, Stephen Kenny's under pressure. And I still think that mindset is probably there, that we're in a very comfortable place. And Stephen Kenny right now is in a very comfortable place because of the brilliance of the victory against Scotland and how well they performed over in Ukraine. But you're going to Hamden Park and then have Armenia at home. If there's a repeat of Azerbaijan or Luxembourg against Armenia at home, all those questions are going to come up again. Now, there's nothing to suggest that should happen because of the quality of the recent performances and how a lot of these younger players have emerged and developed. But I I don't think it's totally on steady ground just yet. Okay, so give us your team. Well, I think Gavin Bazunu comes back in and goals. Cuevin Kelleher obviously started the last run of games with Bazunu injured, but now it's flipped and Kelleher misses out. So it's very straightforward. Bazunu is playing every week in the Premier League. Obviously took a lot of criticism at the weekend for his role in the Aston Villa goal. He's still the youngest goalkeeper playing in the Premier League week in, week out. So he's going to make his fault, mistakes. And to what, be honest, uh, but I mean, I'm a bit biased. Didn't think it was his fault. Like he pushes it onto the crossbar. At that stage, some of his defenders need to react. Anyway, go on. They do, but it was too heavy a hand. He needs to push it over the top of the crossbar. It felt as though he was trying to keep it in play for some reason where he just need to pan it over. Listen, it's a very close-range opportunity. I don't think it'll be in an end-of-season bloopers read or anything like that. Uh, it was a mistake in a terrible game of football that ends up costing Southampton the match, so it's going to be zoned in on. But I don't think we've got any real doubts. And Bazunu is one of these players now. He's on to 13 caps, so there is a bit of experience. He's yeah, yeah. not going to be overawed going over to Scotland. So that's straightforward. Uh, defensively, the back three, two of the three are automatic at this stage. Nathan Collins scored that wonder goal over in Ukraine in Ireland's last match, which feels like a lifetime ago. He's an automatic choice now, which again, from a year ago, he's only got six caps. Uh, he's only 21, but he's an automatic choice in that Irish defence. And John Egan uh, will play as well. Uh, another automatic starter, always plays when he's fit for Stephen Kenny. And he's coming into this camp with lots of confidence. Sheffield United are top of the championship. He's playing every minute for them. So Egan will play on the left, uh, Collins will be in there. The one decision, I think, is whether it's Seamus Coleman, uh, Shane Duffy, or Darrow Shea, who is the third. My sense is that he will stick with Duffy. I know he's barely played for Fulham a couple of minutes right at the end of Premier League games. It's a month since he last had a match. And Stephen Kenny has dropped him before, obviously, when he was struggling at Celtic. He left him out over in Serbia and for that game against Luxembourg. I think that was a very different scenario where you know, his confidence was absolutely shot. He was obviously still struggling personally after the death of his dad. And there was a lot going on with Shane Duffy. And I think Stephen Kenny almost took him out of the limelight. Uh, Duffy's on the bench every week in the Premier League. He's fit. He only missed the game against Ukraine because he was suspended. He was one of Ireland's better players in the three games before that. So I think Duffy might just be the one. But Nathan, if, if club form matters one iota, Duffy not playing whatsoever and someone like Darrow Shea playing every single game this season for West Brom, captaining them, captain them a few goals. times as well, scoring goals. Is, is it just a case of you need one experienced head in there that, that that's probably the reason Darrow doesn't get in? Egan's there. Well, yeah, true. E- Egan is there as well. 
It's yeah, that, Stephen he, Kenny he, has, has contradicted himself over the past couple of weeks uh, because he has to because he can't <laughs> make a hard and fast rule. Horses for courses. Hand, experience, experience is very important, he's been saying, but at the same time, he wants players who are in form. Yeah. So that's the balance he's going to have to weigh up. You're right, Darryl Shea playing every game, scored at the weekend, did well over in Ukraine. Like It's brilliant to see him back. He obviously had the huge setback with that horrible injury he picked up against Portugal just over a year ago, and he didn't look right when he played and he came on against Lithuania in the friendly and didn't look great in the home game when he came on against Ukraine, but he looked a lot more assured, but he's in a very different place physically. So maybe he does look at the fitness and assesses things over the next three or four days and decides that Darrow Shea will play on the right. You play Nathan Collins then in the middle and John Egan on the left-hand side, or maybe you play Egan in the middle, Collins. He can play whatever three he wants there, really. The only thing with Coleman, and it, it does feel as though because Coleman hasn't played at all in the Premier League, he's just got one game in the League Cup and he's he's 34. His last game against Armenia was a real struggle. Stephen Kenny's admitted he probably shouldn't have played him in that, that he was still struggling with a hamstring injury. When Coleman is fit, Kenny plays him. You might remember he left him out of the team for his first two matches when they were playing a back four and he played Matt Doherty over in Bulgaria in the first game and then against Finland and Coleman was stuck in the bench. We sort of thought that was it. Now he's had never-ending run of injuries. He's missing camps constantly but when he's played in the competitive games he has started when he's been available he has always started for Kenny either on the right wing or in the midfield three so it's still a big decision I think for Stephen Kenny to drop his captain now he'll never have an easier opportunity than right now to drop Seamus Coleman I don't think after what happened in Armenia he's realistically an option at right wing back when they have Matt Doherty fit and Alan Brown is in the squad as well so I my sense is he'll side with Duffy and the experience of Duffy over in Scotland. And maybe O'Shea comes in for the game at home against Armenia. But he's got some nice options there. He picked Collins, Duffy and Egan in the Scotland game that we won 3-0. That's our last game. Is there a possibility he just goes, right, you're my three? Because is there a possibility he doubles down on that team and says, you did really well for me there, lads. Now, Matt Doherty wasn't unavailable. So mm. you have to assume Matt Doherty's going to play, but... Is there an excuse for Matt Doherty? Like, he's not playing football at the moment. Is there a... Just not quite sure he's back from his injury. Want to give him a bit longer? There is an excuse if he wants an excuse. I think Matt Doherty's been Stephen Kenny's best player uh, since he took over. He has really risen to the occasion. He looks like a player who's playing for a top six team in the Premier League or is around top six players. And he was definitely a big loss during that campaign. And you're right, that home game against Scotland maybe makes it an easy decision. They played so well that day. Uh, Egan and Duffy then missed the next game uh, for suspension and uh, Egan just couldn't travel. So he had to bring in Darrell Shea. So that's why I think Duffy in this heart of that defense is probably the most likely scenario. I think Doherty comes back in. It's very, very harsh on Alan Brown, who did really well in the two games uh, during the summer and who is another player that, that Stephen Kenny seems to really like. But Doherty at right wing back brings a touch of class. Uh, he was very good in the couple of friendlies back in March as well. He obviously just hasn't played any football. He's He's been on the bench. You have to assume if he's on the bench, he's almost at full fitness. Or maybe he's quite a bit off it, and that's why Antonio Conte isn't even giving him you know, 20 minutes, half an hour at the end of games. He's literally only getting a couple of ma- minutes here and there. So I still think Doherty will come in and start ahead of Alan Brown, who's probably in that forced position, Shane. Just a, Alan Brown's probably the 12th man almost, in a way. Uh, he can play in a number of positions, but... Might I, I think he'll lose out to Doherty. I was interested to see Nathan Wayne Rooney utilising Jason Knight as kind of a, a right-back almost position in a couple of games recently. I think Stephen Kenny has all but ruled him out as a right-wing-back. forgot Wayne Rooney's gone. Wayne Rooney's gone. gone. Yeah. Sorry, not Wayne Rooney, yeah. but Derby County generally. But but is that is that a realistic option, or is is that just a backup if, if all goes to shit and, and Matt Doherty can't play, that he is an option at right-back, right-wing-back maybe? 
No, I don't think so. As Stephen Kenny said himself, he doesn't see him as a as a right back, and I think he was a bit bemused by the fact that uh, Jason Knight has been playing there. Now he was back playing in a more regular midfield position at the weekend for Derby. Uh, and I think everyone was surprised to see him. Like Lee Marzini has said, he tried to sign a couple of right-backs, couldn't get there. And maybe it shows just how professional Jason Knight is and how talented he is. The manager feels he can take him out and throw him in at right-back. No, I think the pecking order right now for that right-wing-back position is Matt Doherty clearly away at number one. Alan Brown maybe number two. Seamus Coleman number three. Chio Ben has played there at times as well. So I, I, I don't see any scenario. From everything Stephen Kenny said over the last few weeks, there's no suggestion that even if they were somehow stuck, that he would throw Jason Knight in. I think he sees him as too important mm. uh, in that other part of the field. Okay. We've talked about the back. You, you've got Doherty. You've made it clear. Doherty's starting the game. Who's starting your left wing back? James McLean. Again, I think it's a straightforward decision. Why would you drop McLean? He's in arguably the best form of his career for his club, for his country as well. He's the most experienced player in the squad. He's heading rapidly towards 100 caps. Uh, he's back in the championship and by all accounts he's playing well. All the reports you hear from Wigan are that the fans are loving him and they're loving the quality of his performances. And it's a it's an incredible rejuvenation because McLean was one of those who people assumed when Stephen Kenny came in would be quickly to the sideline, that, that all-action style of play uh, might be not composed enough for Stephen Kenny, but you know he's he has stepped up when he's been asked to, and you know Ryan Manning hasn't even been included in the squad. Robbie Brady, it's a very good news story to see Robbie Brady back in the squad for the first time in eighteen months. Uh, he, it's probably a little bit too soon for him to start either of these games. Like Stephen Kenny, from day one, used name check Robbie Brady as one of the players he was most looking forward to uh, working with, but. Like what's going on with Robbie Brady over the last five years? Like he, you know, he hasn't had a season where he's played even half the games over the last four or five years. But he's finally got a club at Preston. He was up in front of the media yesterday, you know, buzzing to be back and talking about you know the mental load of the struggles with injury and and not having a club, having to go back and trial with clubs to prove himself. Uh, he's obviously very close to the camp. Dara Doyle, who or Damian Doyle, who's the uh, fitness coach, basically took him under his wing during the summer to get him right up to speed. So it's no surprise that once he was back playing and he is back playing I think he was out training at Alsa I think he was out training at Alsa somebody said like watching the planes fly overhead thinking I'm quite far from the Premier League here I I think it was him wasn't it? Yeah it was yeah yeah, yeah. Damien Doyle the fitness coach out there basically was taking him for for strength and conditioning sessions to get him ready uh, had options went to Preston and it's working out obviously Preston aren't going particularly well this season but you know he's playing matches I, I over the next couple of years he can definitely get himself back into the mix and maybe take that left wing spot or maybe in a slightly more advanced role in the team but it's probably a little bit too soon from definitely on Saturday against Scotland Shane Dunn says bring Brady back in the left wing back role LWB role that's how the kids talk these days wand of a left foot he says a wand set piece specialist yeah with Hyrahan not playing you kind of need that don't you you do. In Ireland's set pieces, I think we're a little bit better in the last couple of camps. There was definitely a struggle at the start uh, when Howard and Brady weren't on the pitch. But I don't think Robbie Brady gets in just on set pieces alone. Uh, you know, James McLean uh, ain't getting any younger, so there is perhaps an opportunity for Robbie Brady over the next 18 months to take that spot on the team. But McLean has done nothing wrong. I know McLean gets incredibly harsh criticism at times from from Irish supporters but I think now is the time you cannot really question his selection at all then you've got you've got 72 hours before Tuesday night Nathan like is is, is would you expect Stephen Kenny to kind of alter the team drastically or not drastically or just see a couple of different names from, from Scotland to Armenia 
Well, he's always had to change the team. Like the way these international breaks work yeah. is you wake up on Sunday morning and four players have left the squad and it's three changes it's and five COVID changes. Outbreak. <laughs> so ideally, I'd imagine he'd look at it and think everybody's fully fit and I can play them again. Uh, you know, if he could go and win in Scotland, it gives them a bit of breathing space to maybe try something different against Armenia. Uh, you know, really try and dominate a game possession wise and uh, add something different in. But Right now, I think it's very hard to predict what he'd do on Tuesday without mm. seeing what happens on Saturday night. Uh, I think these are the players in possession right now, so I wouldn't expect widespread changes if everybody can stay fit. That's the thing, isn't it? And also, if if they win, you're not changing the team. But if they get hammered, you're changing the team. Yeah, yeah. And Oh, uh, well, if you get hammered in Scotland, you're fighting for your life on Tuesday night is the problem when you're the Ireland manager. Um, do you think it... Do you, do you really think that, like... Have we not settled all that for now? That this campaign, because because of the back-to-back defeats, it's very unlikely that anything significantly really good is going to happen here, unless we were to win these two games, in which case it, it's completely off the table. But notwithstanding that, like we, this is going to be our manager for the European campaign. Surely the FAI are not going to walk into another massive row. That mic's on there. I assume so. I assume uh, that he will be. But I think we would have sat here at the beginning of June and said Stephen Kenny's just signed a new contract till the end of Euro 24. And after that defeat to Ukraine at home, having lost in Armenia, there was huge pressure on that home game against Scotland that they had to do something. And a real worry with those performances that, remember, it was a Ukraine B team that had beaten Ireland, that Ireland had still had to go to Ukraine to face their full strength side. But actually, they turned it around and... I think the players clearly have bought into it. There are definite signs of progression. There are moments and many more moments in every game where they're performing at a very high level. They're playing a different style of football. You can tell when they're at the event that the crowd very much believe in what Stephen Kenny is trying to do. But he's been undermined by just very, very bad defeats from Luxembourg. Uh, they draw it home against Azerbaijan, uh, losing over in Armenia. So right now we sit here and say, yes, Stephen Kenny yeah. is comfortable. If, as you say, somehow right. it was to go horribly wrong in Scotland and you were to lose at home to Armenia, you're in trouble, no matter who the Ireland manager is. Josh Cullen's move has been good for him in terms of profile. He's been doing really well. He's straightened the team. Everybody knows that. But you have Malumbi in the team. He liked Malumbi, but Malumbi hasn't quite hit the height of international games that we think he's capable of. And yet he's actually playing really well for West Brom at the moment. So this is a selection based on club form. No, it's a selection based on the last two games where Jeff Hendrick started in Armenia and at home against Ukraine and didn't perform. And Jason Malumbi got his chance in that game against Scotland and over in Ukraine and played well. I think he was outstanding, but it did feel as though that was maybe a shift for Stephen Kenny that Jeff Hendrick now wasn't playing club football at the time. He wasn't getting a game at Queen's Park Rangers. He's been playing every week for Reading. So maybe Hendrick has come back a very different player physically and is ready to slot back into the midfield. But based on what we saw in the two games and two very strong performances against Scotland and Ukraine, Malumbi played in those games alongside Cullen. So why would Stephen Kenny change it, considering, again, he's playing every week, you just say, quite well, it seems, with West Brom in the championship. He's up to 14, 15 caps at this stage. So there's a bit of experience there. And it does feel, as I said at the start, that Hendrick, Robinson, Ogbene were the losers from that June campaign, and now they need to somehow find a way back in. But you know, Jason Malumbi's done nothing wrong over the last few games, so why drop him? Yeah, OK, so he's in the team, and then you're sticking with Knight, Obafemi and Paris. Yeah, I think, again, you go with what played so well against Scotland, like the attacking quality, the attacking play that day was as good as we've seen uh, from Ireland in recent times. They absolutely love Jason Knight in that Ireland camp, by all accounts, a really good lad, really good attitude. You say 
everybody's eyebrows raised that he's playing it right back, that he also didn't get a move in the championship. He's still only 21. It does seem as though Derby wanted a lot of money for him. And that if you're a championship manager where your shelf life is, what, six months, that maybe you're not going to make that massive investment in a 21-year-old who will develop over the coming years. You want someone who can make an instant impact right now. Uh, So Stephen Kenny has said that he doesn't see him as a right back. I would expect him. I think he is that perfect link man where... It looks like you're playing three, but actually he drops deeper into midfield. So he'll play. Uh, Troy Paris is at a stage now where, again, hasn't kicked on from a club level. He has played, what, 10 games for Preston, hasn't scored a goal. Now, Preston have been bizarre this season. They've played 10 games. They've scored three goals all season as a club. Uh, So maybe we shouldn't put all of that on Troy Paris. But again, he's another player that Stephen Kenny has invested time, effort in. He's at a stage now with 15 caps, albeit still only 20. Uh, That's he played so well, I think, in the game against Scotland where he scored the goal and he set off Michael Obafemi that he has done enough to stay ahead of Callum Robinson. And then Michael Obafemi's back. He obviously was brilliant against Scotland, uh, ended up picking up an injury in that game, missed out on the trip to Ukraine, has had a lot going on at club level with his manager and up in that deadline day move to Burnley. Uh, but it felt like we, we got something with Michael Obafemi. Uh, the Michael Obafemi we've been waiting many, many years for. The guy we saw scoring against Manchester United. Uh, the guy who we expected to be a big part of this team for two or three years. He's still only on four caps, but the quality of that performance against Scotland, I think, gets him into the side. And the only real option, other option, is Callum Robinson, who you know, made a summer move to Cardiff, hasn't got a goal yet, and hasn't really kicked on yeah. since that brilliant few games against so Azerbaijan We need him Qatar. to play some club football. Michael Obafemi, 22 years of age, born in the year 2000, mm. so still still has plenty. But this of- is it. Like we, we, we sort of talk about the development. Like Michael Obafemi, 22. Troy Parrott, 20. Jason Knight, 21. Jason Malumbi, 23. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Collins, you know, another kid at 21. Gavin Bazunu. So these are players that Stephen Kenny spent a lot of time with over the last couple of years. He's got them to a stage where they know the camp inside out, where they're yeah. well into double figures with caps. All right. So there's no great experimentation needed. Like this, in a way, still is experimentation. And yeah, I think that's good stuff. Pretty much, unless something emerges, that'll be the team. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 